Welcome to The Sale Ring, a podcast dedicated to real estate brokers, agents, and America's top auctioneers that keep the markets moving. Join your hosts, Sean and Trina, as they talk with most successful realtors, marketing and technology experts, investors, and influencers. This show is devoted to all industry professionals looking to up their game and stay up to date. Welcome to The Sale Ring. Been a hot topic lately about vacation rentals. And man, we've got a great show today. I'm excited. We have Angie Gallagher on the phone with us. Angie, how are you? Good morning, Sean and Trina. Hey. Good morning to you. We'll uh, we'll set this up a little bit. Angie and her husband, Alan, run, uh, they own an office, uh, United Country Scenic Rivers Realty in Imboden, Arkansas. Am I saying that right, Angie? Imboden? You are. Way to go. I'm impressed. Well, I practiced all weekend. <laughs> I told him how. I enunciated it for him. The other thing that they're <laughs> doing good. that's very cool is they have started buying vacation rentals several years ago, and she is uh, becoming quite the um, quite the manager of vacation properties in scenic Arkansas. So thought we'd have a broadcast this morning here about... Uh, Vacation rentals. Yeah. And talk a little bit about the strengths and weaknesses with those. And we've got the perfect person on here with we us do. to do that. Angie, where whereabouts in Arkansas is Imboden? So Imboden is in the foothills of the Ozarks in northern Arkansas. Really and truly, we're probably about 30 minutes south of the Missouri state line. Mm-hmm. Okay. So next week, I'll be there to see you. Sounds like okay. perfect place I need to go. If You've you got some rent rental places. Airbnb, though, <laughs> yeah, there you go. If you want to rent an Airbnb, though, we are so busy and, and booked up practically that I'm about two months booked out. So you might have to wait a little bit. So Christmas. I'll be there Christmas time. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Denied. But you know, we're know. in the foothills of the Ozarks. And we have so many rivers. I mean, we have mm-hmm. seven rivers that you can get to within 20 minutes. And that's one of the things that, not just the hills, that makes our area so popular. You have seven rivers? Yes, we do. And they're all, I mean, these aren't little creeks. These are big enough for like float trips and fishing, recreational activities. I mean, that's that's a tremendous amount of water right in one area. It is. It is. It can hurt us when it you know, when it rains a lot and it floods, but it's worth it. <laughs> Very cool. So is that the number one attraction? Is just the the kind of scenic beauty and access to the rivers and to the mountains. Is that the, the primary purpose of people coming to Imboden uh, for vacation rentals or what, what else is going on down there? Well, you know, our main office is in Imboden, population 700, and that's one of the reasons that we picked to have our office in Imboden is because it's central to all of the rivers. It's in the hills. You know, it's a small town, but you're close to the bigger towns for conveniences. And then my second office is in Jonesboro, Arkansas, which people find is just crazy because that's a town of 100,000 people. But it is more, you know, residential type over there. But, you know, I just love selling farms and ranches and waterfront property, hunting property, duck hunting property. And because we have all of that, that's what makes Imboden a popular spot for our real estate office. But that's kind of how it led into Alan and I buying Airbnb. And, you know, when we started doing this, it kind of was a freak accident how we got initiated into Airbnb because 
I had had a river cabin listed on the Spring River for a long time, and the owners would never fix it up. They wouldn't even clean it up, but they wouldn't even fix it up. It had it was a beautiful spot on the river. It was a spacious cabin on the biggest lot in the whole, basically, river subdivision, and um, it wouldn't sell. And so we had gotten an offer on the property, and it was way below what the seller was asking. And the seller had come back and said, if they'll pay the closing cost, I'll take it. And I couldn't believe it. And I went back to this buyer, and I'm like, this is such a good deal. I can't believe he would ever come this, down this low and make a counter offer to you. This is a great deal. And the guy says, no, I don't think I'm going to um, go for that. I said, are you kidding me? This is like a super, super deal. And he said, no, I think I'm just going to move on and, and find another place. And I said, look, I want to be upfront with you. If you don't buy this, I'm going to. Mm-hmm. And he goes, okay, go ahead. I said, you know, I don't want you coming back and getting mad at me later, but this is a really good deal on the market. And uh, so he, he he didn't buy it. So Al and I ended up buying it. But me, I like things to be just perfect. And I kind of went over budget by about seven or $8,000. In fixing <laughs> so, it up? Um, yes. And then it kind of went at the bottom of the, at the time of the year when it's a little bit harder to sell river property. And I was thinking, oh, what can we do, you know, to make up for this expense of my going over budget? And I started talking to one of my friends who I noticed was advertising Airbnb stuff on Facebook. And so I I messaged her and um, said, hey, would you be interested in this for Airbnb? And she says, well, right now I'm pretty loaded up, but maybe later on. She said, why don't you buy it and do it? And again, that conversation was right before we, we actually did buy it. But that we got into it. And that was just the greatest thing. It was really an experience learning how to set up for Airbnb and host. But hey, you know, we put it back on the market. I put it up at a higher price and started doing the Airbnb. And I got to where I didn't even care if it sold or not. But we put it at a higher price because I did go over budget. But I made all of that back in in about four and a half months of what I went over budget on. And it's turned out to be a great thing. But I sold that piece of property after I put that high price on it because Y'all both know how real estate's just gone crazy the last six, eight months, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. So, so we ended up selling it, but on land contract for $72,000, we sold it on land contract. So I still have an income coming in off of that. And we thought, you know, we're going to go buy a place on the lake because we had sold a place on Lake Charles here in Northeast Arkansas, which is about 30 minutes west of Jonesboro. And, you know, with real estate, it's all about location. So we found this dump of a piece of property, but it was on like a peninsula of the lake that had an amazing view on three sides. And we went ahead and we bought that. It took almost a year to complete because we were so busy. But now it's just turned into an incredible Airbnb that absolutely stays booked up. People are coming from all over the place. Hey, we've got people from Kansas City staying oh. a week um, this week. We've got people from Austin, Texas coming last uh, next week. We had people from Des Moines, Iowa a week and a half ago. I mean, it's crazy how all of these people from different cities all around the United States are coming to our property. Very cool. Well, Angie, let me ask you a couple of questions about that. You've bought more than one vacation rental property to date. Mm-hmm. 
And do you own those in Arkansas and in Missouri both? Are you on both sides of the line? No, I'm just here in Arkansas. We just bought our second Airbnb. It's actually our third, but I told you we sold one of them. And we closed on another river cabin that we bought near our own personal river cabin. And I'm having a big uh, deck and uh, new steps put on it and going to start airbnb it out, renting it next week. Tell your friends you get your information on the Sale Ring Podcast Show. So when you talk about Airbnb, for the listeners out there, that is a a third-party website that owners can post their vacation properties up on. And then it's a booking agent, essentially. It it does all the management and the booking for the properties. Is that the only service that you use or have you used any others? You know, that is the only one that I'm using right now, Sean. I can hook on to VRBO if I want to, Vacation Rental by Owners. And I could hook on to that one because they their calendar and Airbnb calendar sync up. But I've just stayed so busy with Airbnb and I just haven't even done the VRBO part yet. Yeah, if it's uh, not broken, don't fix it. That's right. If it's not broken, why (laughs) fix it? So. Tell me again, I have heard VRBO. I've heard of both of those, Airbnb, VRBO. I did not know what VRBO actually stands for. What is that again? Vacation rental by owner. Makes perfect sense now. I was trying to figure that out one day. I was like, VRBO, VRBO, what could... Angie, how hard is it? You do a little bit more yourself with VRBO, with Uh Airbnb. What I love about Airbnb is that they take care of everything Uh, for you. They handle like a deposit. They handle a deposit through whoever wants to rent. They do more of a a government check and ID and first name, last name and where you're located before they will let they will ever allow anybody uh, to book and so forth. So that's what I really, really like about it. And it keeps the running calendar for you. It gives you reminders of who's coming next. Uh, It sends you review links um, to do reviews, both for me to them and on the renter. And then the renter can also, you know, rate my property and me as a host. So they just do everything for you with Airbnb. That's what I was about to ask is how hard it was to kind of set that all up. It sounds like it's kind of a, you subscribe to the service and they, they pretty much run it from there and help you out quite a bit. It sounds like. Yes, exactly. And they'll show you how long that person has been, you know, subscribe to Airbnb and how many reviews that they have and what their rating is, just like it flip-flops around on the host. Is it really important to you as a host to have um, people stay that are, you know, frequent flyers, I guess you could call it? It really does. It gets a little bit scary, you know, if I see somebody that's newer to it. But when I see somebody that has like, you know, at least four, five, six reviews, and they've been with Airbnb for a couple of years. It makes me feel a lot more comfortable. But knock on wood, I haven't had any disasters, and I hope that I don't. Yeah, we actually, we have a note here that, you know, some of the downsides of (laughs) of the vacation rental is uh, some states are currently putting in uh, bans or or limits on uh, one-night rentals to, to avoid just people coming and partying and trashing out houses, basically, so... So that was kind of interesting because what that article's in relation to is Arizona putting month or longer, months long bans on one night rentals. 
And what they're trying to diffuse out there is apparently there's people that are renting these just for one night stay and then inviting, you know, 50, 75, 100 people to come over, having huge parties at these rental <laughs> properties. And they're they're trying to uh, they're trying to diffuse that by saying you have to at least rent for multiple nights to dissuade them to maybe go somewhere else. I'm good with that. Matter of fact, I have a two night um, minimum that you have to stay because, you know, I do a lot of the cleaning. My husband and I do a lot of the cleaning uh, ourselves because we are close to our rentals. But when you start having to hire or even charge on top of what your rental already is, by the time that you have your nightly rental income, your nightly rental, and then Airbnb is going to charge the person renting it. They really don't charge me that much, but they'll charge the person renting it. And you put a cleaning fee on top of that. I mean, you're going to be pricing yourself out. So if you do a two-night rental where you only have to clean once or pay somebody to clean, if that's how you do it, that's the best way to make money is to set it at a two-night minimum. Hmm. Oh, very cool. And I haven't had trouble with that. I haven't had trouble so you're learning kind of as you grow in this business and, you know, as you uh, challenges come up, you're you're figuring out how to navigate those. And is it is it pretty complicated, Angie, if, if somebody like myself or Trina wanted to, you know, and, and had the means to buy a vacation property and put that on a VRBO or Airbnb? Is it a tough process to manage as long as the numbers work or is that something that is you think is a good investment people should look at? Well, I think it's a good investment. And and on some, you know, waterfront properties, whether it be on a lake or whether it be on a river, um, and as I'm showing these to potential sellers looking to buy real estate, because a lot of them are out of state or they're out of towners where they're two, three, four hours away and they can't stay on their property on the water very often, like once, maybe twice a month. I suggest to them, hey, you know, if you want to make money on this, a piece of property while you're owning it, since you can't come every weekend, you know, one thing to consider is to rent it out to Airbnb. Yeah, definitely. Is that basically what's happening? (laughs) I think back to back in the day, we used to go to Branson all the time and um, they'd always, every turn we made, they'd be like, oh, come get this timeshare option and all of these (laughs) things. And I feel like this is a great alternative to that. I mean, essentially, because you're opening it up not just to a select group of people that are members of your timeshare or whatnot, but just to everybody. So everybody can have access to it. So, Well, and how it differs from timeshare is that this is a tangible asset. You know, a timeshare, you're just basically paying to stay there. You don't, yeah. you don't build up as much equity in that as that you can when you actually own the property yourself. You're just right. essentially buying time in that scenario and, I'm sure it's like any other, you know, the old adage in real estate is you don't make your money when you sell the property. You make your money when you buy it. Mm-hmm. So the the right. art of that is to make the numbers cash flow is you can go inspect other Airbnbs and what the ask is, what the rental rates are, and then sit down and look at the acquisition cost. And if you can buy a property affordable out there, it it seems to me like it's almost a lock unless something unforeseen happens, you can make those numbers work where the property will not only pay itself off, but if you keep it up, you get normalized appreciation in it. You get uh, the gain, you know, out of the rental income. It's it's paying its own note off in the background. And then you own something that 
you may actually want to move into someday yeah. that's down on the river and we're retiring and we're going to move into one of our vacation spots. That's right. And, you know, if you do it right, because the, the longer you go, the more you learn. And, you know, on like the lake property, I really went over budget on that one worse than I did the first one because we had to literally go in and redo the flooring on it to where we had to yank it out and I could see the ground. So that's oh. it, that's extreme, you know, remodeling there. But it's turned out really good. And, you know, right now we've owned it for a year and a half. And I think that we figured it up and we're actually making about eight, nine percent return on our money. Wow. Outstanding. We've got some show sponsors in here. We're going to hear from them real quick and come back. When we come back from this break, uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, a Harris poll that was taken on Airbnb and how some people that work remotely in business are, are open to working from other destinations. We'll talk more about that in just a few minutes. Let's hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Are you looking for heavy equipment but unsure where to start? Then you need to check out AuctionTime.com. Buying great equipment has never been easier than bidding online at AuctionTime.com. What are you waiting for? Online auctions are closing every Wednesday. So register and start bidding today. AuctionTime.com, the way to buy heavy equipment. Crude oil, natural gas, coal. Buying and selling minerals is a breeze when you have the right energy professionals on your team. Mineralmarketing.com is a leading resource for America's mineral owners. Whether you're wanting to lease or sell your mineral rights, Mineral Marketing has you covered. Mineralmarketing.com, the oil and gas marketplace. Thinking about selling a real estate investment but worried about the taxes you'll have to pay? Property owners just like you have solved their tax issue with a Starker Services 1031 exchange. One call could save you a fortune in taxes. Call Starker Services today at 800-332-1031 or visit online at www.starker.com and keep the tax dollars working for you. Ever dream of owning a country estate, historic home, or lakefront property? Log on to unitedcountry.com. Would you like to retire to a home built on breathtaking acreage in the mountains? Unitedcountry.com. Ever dream of your own private hunting preserve? UnitedCountry.com. Over 30,000 farm, recreational, and lifestyle properties are just a click away, helping people find their American dream for over 90 years. We will help you find yours. Log on now to UnitedCountry.com and find your freedom. So while we were on break, we were talking about this Harris poll that... Um, Harris obviously is a is a big polling or survey agency. I think you know her Harris. No, polls. I've never heard of Trina's Harris shaking polls. her head I'm no like, at me. Okay, uh, it's like television. <laughs> television used to do their TV ratings, where yeah. the Nielsen ratings. Yeah, you know, I, I've Har heard of Harris those. polls yeah. are just very large, broad polls. Anyhow, okay. it's it's a survey of consumers, and usually towards business. Seventy four percent of Americans already working remotely would consider taking a workcation, I like that, instead of I vacation, like workcation, instead <laughs> of where they live and work, they're willing to do that somewhere other than their home for an extended period of time. That was 74%. Uh -huh. Nearly half of them, 46% of those people working remotely, have already searched B&B nice. and yeah. Airbnb, and they have found another vacation rental property. So, so to clarify... 
74% want to do so, and 46% already have done so. And what we're talking wow. about would be technology, marketing, uh, account services, anything that you can do remotely outside of an office. And maybe you're doing that in, in Bowdoin, Arkansas, mm-hmm. or Smithville, Missouri, or somewhere. Um, and you say, I could do this job from the Carolinas right yeah. now, or from Santa Fe, New Mexico, or somewhere. They're looking on Airbnb for places to do that. Angie, what are your thoughts about that? I completely agree with both of you because, you know, earlier when I said that I had somebody from Kansas City staying uh, a week this week, they wanted to make sure that I had high-speed internet, which I do, because she is teaching two online courses a day. And then I have somebody coming in next week for a two-week stay from Austin, Texas. And again, he asked me if I had high-speed internet uh, also, because he they, he was staying and working on a project, he wanted to do it, you know, in the country on a lake uh, a lake view. But he had to have Zoom meetings uh, almost every day with his corporate office there in Texas. So that was a, a you know an expense that we decided to go ahead and take on. It's like eighty nine dollars a month for high speed internet, but it's definitely paying off because so many people always, always ask, do you have high speed internet? Well, yeah. I mean, you just said one of them staying a week and one staying two weeks. And (laughs) I I imagine that you're charging more than $89 uh, to rent. So that's definitely (laughs) worth it in my head. Nice. Exactly. But they're like, you know, we can uh, do our Zoom meetings during the day and then we get done. You know, we want to jump in the kayaks and explore the lake. Heck yeah. You know, once in a while, there's something that comes along in an industry that just can completely disrupts kind of the current operations of Uber would be a prime example of that. You rent cars, you have taxis and and they, you know, you pay them to take them where you want to go. And then Uber comes along and said, we have all these people that could moonlight, you know, just Mm -hmm. farming their car out here to people that want to ride in a geographical area and and just put two and two together and make it systematic, make it safe. And mm-hmm. so what a genius concept. And I look at Airbnb, VRBO, any other systems that work systematically, you know, they're they're good, tight systems. They've done the same thing, in my opinion, to the hotel industry, yeah. to the motel industry. And Angie, what's your take on that? And also, while we're talking about that, let's talk about what types of properties, in your opinion, make the best vacation rentals? Okay, so I agree with you that I think Airbnb, VRBO, um, HomeAway, you know, all different types of platforms there that they have affected the hotel industry. I mean, if I'm going somewhere out of state now, I'm typically going to look at Airbnb to see if there are any unique places that I could stay in besides you know, a hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely um, with that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, not only just scenic properties and whatnot, but there's a lot of Airbnbs and VRBOs in the cities that you might be going to. So like Chicago or something, Yeah, you can rent a house for the same price you can get a hotel room, a nightly rate. So Or cheaper. Yeah. And you yeah. could be on water. You exactly. could be on water yeah. too. You could be on a lake or something like that. When I started mine on the lake, I started out at $99 uh, with a two-night minimum. And now I've bumped it up to $125 a night with still with a two-night minimum. And it's not affected 
my bookings or anything mm-hmm. at all. But Sean, you asked, does location make a difference? you know, on the types of property and how you buy. And I completely agree because I have one of mine on a lake. And then now I have my third one that I'm going into um, on a river. And so recreational properties, I feel like make the absolute best types of Airbnb, VRBO properties to buy and, and rent out can be something that can be year round. So let's talk about that just a minute. You have, um, if you're on your third, did you have one of those that was off the water that was not on a river or a lake? No, no, two on the river and one on the lake. I would be curious when you get, you know, off of the lake or the water, if it receives the same, I'm going to assume that it doesn't receive the same amount of traffic. If people had their druthers out there, if they said, well, I can either be at the lake, right on the lake, or I can be three miles off the lake in town, I'm going to try to be on the lake if I can, because that's, you know, the epitomizes a vacation rental. That's what I'm going down there for. Exactly. And, you know, what we were talking about prices a while ago and what, you know, when Trina said you can get uh, maybe something on a lake going through Airbnb, the same price or cheaper than a hotel room. So just imagine a hotel room looking out over traffic on an interstate or something, or you could be in a cottage or a cabin overlooking a lake or a river for the same price. Which one are you going to pick? Yeah, absolutely. The Sale Ring, online at www.thesalering.com. You know, something else I see working is corporate travel. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm framing this in my mind right now of an employee that we need to go to the southwest part of the United States. So we pick a vacation or a rental property. And now we'll move away from vacation because it's more of a kind of a workcation. It's it's a work location. We're going to move somebody for three months to Phoenix, Scottsdale, close to the airport or Southern California, somewhere that's close to where they can get on a plane periodically. They can fly, meet offices, come back, but I need them based or stationed out of there. I see a lot of companies that are starting to use VRBO or Airbnb to find those destinations, and they're getting extremely competitive out there, if not beating the hotel rates, the long-term rental rates. Well, especially, I, I mean, you got to think that it's got to be more comfortable for that guy that has to tra- to do the travel themselves, not just on the corporate level, um, to have a house to go back to for a month's time or whatnot, uh, moreover than it would be a hotel. I, I would think that'd just be more comfortable having your own kind of space and a living area. And, a, you know, that's that's just me and in general. Yeah, you exactly. You don't want to eat out every day. Uh-huh. You do not want to eat out every day. And in a hotel, you're confined to a room, basically. Mm-hmm. If you get lucky, you might get a suite that has a living room also. But, you know, if you can, if you're going to do something that a month or two out, something like that, having your own little house mm-hmm. uh, that you can stay in versus a, a small hotel room, definitely. It saved the company money for on expenses for that person eating out, too. Absolutely. It's all about the bottom line when you're dealing with companies and looking at employee travel and stay. Angie, let me ask you about the types of properties. Do you layer in any consideration for things like ADA compliance, wheelchair ramps, um, you know, that ease or usability of properties for a wider audience? Is that something that you and Alan consider whenever you're looking at properties to buy? 
Well, so being um, on water, and especially if you're on a river, we have to make sure that we're up above floodplain. So the one downfall to the river property that we have is there are a lot of stairs because you don't want to be so low for when, if you do get a flood, that it's going to flood into your cabin. So I'm very upfront um, on uh, the description of my property about how many stairs that there are for people, you know, in case it's an elderly couple or something like that, so that they would know it probably wouldn't be a good choice to pick if you're worried about stairs or you're incapable of walking that many. So if I'm hearing you right, if we're looking at a Airbnb or VRBO ad uh, for a property by a river and one of the requirements is you must be a good swimmer, that's probably (laughs) a red flag. (laughs) Well, I don't have that one on there, Sean, because you are far enough um, away from the river. If I would be more worried about somebody getting intoxicated and walking Falling up down and the down stairs. the stairs. Yeah. That worries me more than being able to swim. Yeah, that does seem to impair your swimming ability. <laughs> Alcohol and, and your ability to swim, those two. Uh, there's a difference in swimming and just flailing about in the water. Well, I've people done want both. to play on the river. They're usually drinking. Yes, they exactly. are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just keep the arm floaties on the whole yep. time you're there and you'll be fine. <laughs> what about uh, like pets and things like that? Do you guys allow pets? And, and are you seeing a lot of people trying to bring their pets if they're mm-hmm. staying like more of a vacation or a work from a workcation is what Sean called it earlier? I have had people that requested that they bring their pets, even though it explicitly says in my description, no pets. I mean, Mm. we spent way too much money, you know, modernizing and updating and remodeling these properties to take a chance on having pets. I mean, I've owned a rental property before and, you know, they may say, I have a small dog. It weighs five pounds, (laughs) you know, it's potty trained and all that. And then, you know, you go into the, to the rent house three months later and the doors are scratched up, Mm. you know, there's, stains on the carpet everywhere. And so this is so much easier than renting. It's just so much easier than dealing with rental houses. It's so much less of a headache. And, you know, I enjoy every now and then getting to talk with these people. We've pretty much tried to make it contactless because of the coronavirus that has been going on. But when people send me pictures of the sunset or their campfire, or they're just like, oh my gosh, the view from the bed in the morning overlooking the lake is amazing. Thank you for allowing me to stay. You know, that just mm-hmm. makes you feel so good when people show their appreciation like that. But absolutely, um, sorry I got off on that tangent a little bit. You're but, okay. um, that's the pet policy is I just, I don't want to take that risk. Um, I, I do like a lot of dogs and stuff, but I just can't take the risk with the investment um, mm-hmm. that I put into it simply because of people just lie about their pets. <laughs> Well, or I mean, pets just have just being in a I have three dogs and two cats. So and I take them camping with us a lot, but you just don't know how they're going to react in a different environment either. I mean, a whole you take them out of their house and they're going to be a whole different animal no matter what. So that's true. Well, you're you're living proof that the policy a lot of times won't restrict you from being in business. I'll tell you something interesting out of the Harris poll that I was reading on Airbnb. Um. And this is in relationship to the increase in amount, uh, the amount of people that are bringing their pets with them mm-hmm. on vacation or travel. It says pets are coming too. the number of amenities searched 
using allow pets that is in the they're looking for vacation properties that allow pets. That filter on Airbnb jumped 90% compared to last year. So year over year, there was a 90% increase or growth in the amount of people that looked for vacation rentals that also included in the filter allows pets. So it is an increasing trend. It's a growing trend in the industry out there, but Yet you just stated your case out there about how your what your policies are and how you're operating and you're doing fine, mm-hmm. which tells me there's a lot of people, a lot of consumers out there that are, are still looking without pets. I probably have one out of every 10 inquiries ask me if they can bring their pet, even though they have read it in my policy and they try to talk about it's a small pet or I can't travel without my pet. But probably one in every 10 inquiries will ask me that. And I just you know, very nicely say, sorry, no. Yeah. Well, you know, that's interesting because it doesn't state what the actual number of people. It just gave a percentage of growth year over year, which is 90 percent. But if there was and and of course, this is hypothetical, one person last year and this year and there's two, two people, people. Yeah. that's 100 percent growth. <laughs> yeah. So it still may not be the majority of searchers on Airbnb yeah. or VRBO that uh, are concerned about the pet policy. I'll tell you what, we'll slip away here again. We need to hear from our sponsors real quick. I want you girls to be thinking when we come back, I'm going to ask you on Airbnb did a little survey of what the top five states, geographical trends for Airbnb, what top five states are people looking for vacation properties? We'll talk more about that when we come back in just a few minutes. Ever dream of owning a country estate, historic home, or lakefront property? Log on to unitedcountry.com. Would you like to retire to a home built on breathtaking acreage in the mountains? Unitedcountry.com. Ever dream of your own private hunting preserve? unitedcountry.com. Over 30,000 farm, recreational, and lifestyle properties are just a click away, helping people find their American dream for over 90 years. We will help you find yours. Log on now to unitedcountry.com and find your freedom. Thinking about selling a real estate investment, but worried about the taxes you'll have to pay? Property owners just like you have solved their tax issue with a Starker Services 1031 exchange. One call could save you a fortune in taxes. Call Starker Services today at 800-332-1031 or visit online at www.starker.com and keep the tax dollars working for you. Are you looking for heavy equipment but unsure where to start? Then you need to check out AuctionTime.com. Buying great equipment has never been easier than bidding online at AuctionTime.com. What are you waiting for? Online auctions are closing every Wednesday. So register and start bidding today. AuctionTime.com. The way to buy heavy equipment. Crude oil, natural gas, coal. Buying and selling minerals is a breeze when you have the right energy professionals on your team. Mineralmarketing.com is a leading resource for America's mineral owners. Whether you're wanting to lease or sell your mineral rights, Mineral Marketing has you covered. Mineralmarketing.com, the oil and gas marketplace. So we were reading this poll on Airbnb and they said, geographical trends, according to the same survey, I love this term too, digital nomads. That's what they're calling people that are traveling the like traveling this. the US looking on Airbnb. Digital oh nomads goodness. in the United States okay. are looking primarily to, I'll give you a tip, oh. coastal states 
as their ideal work from anywhere locations. Who do you think the top five states are that are being searched right now? What say you, Angie? Hmm. Coastal well, states. That's, because that's I truly believe in waterfront property, and you said <laughs> coastal. So, you know, I've heard there's so many people flocking to Florida, so that's got to be one of them. Uh, she picked number three at 13 percent. That's, oh. that's number three. I would bet the Carolinas. Uh, believe it or not, the I Carolinas. Too, yeah. And that's what Trina was thinking, too. They're not on there. They're not mentioned. Wow. Um, I, you know, we went to Maine, um, last year. So Maine is absolutely beautiful and it's a little bit harder to get to. So I bet if someone were going to stay for any period of time, they've got to pick somewhere up along the, the Northeast coast. Not Maine. Nope. Not that okay. far north. <laughs> Training. What do you think? <laughs> I, well, okay. So, I mean, I, I'm cheating because I have the list in front of me. <laughs> what? Well, I do. Stay out. Stay <laughs> so, out of the show notes. New York is is where he was hinting at right. on, on you know not that far no north. Way. Yeah, New York is is fifteen percent is number two. I would have definitely said the Carolinas, um, Florida, um, maybe like Oregon, um, Washington area, like the Northwest. Although it's on fire right now, so I don't know why you'd want to go there, but. Not, uh, not in yeah. a good way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. fire in a bad that's, way. That's where I'd want. I mean, maybe Southern California. I'll tell you what topped the list mm-hmm. at twenty percent was California. Okay, and I know California's got a lot of struggles with the coronavirus, yeah. with the fires that are taking place, but. Uh, they name them as the That's number why one spot. Pick it because of all of that. Yeah. 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 The other one that you wouldn't think of as a coastal state mm-hmm. because it's down south. Anybody? Louisiana. Anybody? Bueller. <laughs> Bueller. Bueller. Number four is oh, Texas. Probably Alabama. Oh, Alabama. Alabama. Texas. Texas comes in at 12% at number four. I and then, see that. All right. I want you guys to remember there's a there's some states that don't, they get overlooked in the United States. <laughs> what is the, what, and it's the number five on here. It's at 11%. But for me, it would be number one in the U.S. If you were going to vacation somewhere, where would be a great place that's nothing but coastal? Think an island. Hawaii. Exactly. That's number five. 11%. So California, New York, Florida, Texas, Hawaii are the top five that were searched for work from anywhere locations by the digital nomads. Well, I mean, does it, when did this poll take place though, Sean? Because some of these days, like you can't (laughs) go to Hawaii for a workcation right now. It took place in 1948. (laughs) <laughs> what, Sorry. what do you say well, it's I from mean, the archives no it, it just it just took place um in in the last 12 months here well the last 12 months is a long time covid hasn't been going on the last 12 months it's slightly longer than 11 months well thanks I'm, I'm just getting at you can't go to hawaii right now or parts of california i mean the borders are closed due to covid yeah i mean so there's kind of a flaw in this study, if you ask me. Cause That's you, what we call a flaw in the ointment. It, a flaw in the ointment. <laughs> you are so from Oklahoma. You notice Oklahoma is not on this list anywhere. No, that's because it's not coastal. That's <laughs> yeah, not on the coastal list. Yeah. It's not coastal like Kansas is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So how, I mean, seeing that and seeing what this list looks like, like, what do you think COVID has done to this whole market? 
So let's talk about that, well, Angie. I'm, let's talk about what COVID-19 yeah. and, and the coronavirus, how's that impacted the business? You know, back in March, when the coronavirus started um, going rampant, um, I had just started up my lake house, renting it. My very So I, I got it finished at the 1st of February. I was trying to get it done in January so I could target a lot of duck hunters because that's where my cabin is at mm-hmm. um, to where there's a lot of duck hunters. So, but it didn't happen. Couldn't find anybody to work. And it was so cold that I I didn't get it done until the very first of February. And then so I started posting it into different Facebook groups. And lo and behold, my first weekend of renting was on Valentine's Day. And from then on, it was just bang, bang, bang. I was getting the bookings. And I went for about five weeks straight with bookings. And then coronavirus hit. And the governor of Arkansas, he shut down all short-term rentals. So whether it was hotels, Airbnbs, any kind of uh, vacation rentals, you could not rent your property out. So that really hurt. We were shut down two and a half months. You know, during that time, as spring started, you know, knocking on the door, my husband and I, we worked even more on the outside of the property, getting it to look better and, you know, plant some shrubs and things like that. And we got to spend the night out there and we're really, really enjoying it. And then when the governor lifted that we could start renting again and my booking started coming back in full force, people were like, you, you saw on TV how they mm-hmm. were just like pent up and they were ready to get out. And man, I started booking like crazy, even more than you know, when I first started and, you know, in the beginning, I was like, oh, God, I got another booking. I don't get to stay there at the lake this weekend. But, <laughs> You're you jealous know, awesome. dollar signs. I got over it really quick. I got over it really quick. And ever since um, the coronavirus and, the, and it opened back up, guys, it has been unreal. I mean, I'm staying booked out, <clears throat> excuse me, about two months out now. Yeah. And yep. so it's, it's coronavirus was horrible at the beginning, but now it is just escalated. And, you know, wouldn't you think that that's probably because people are not getting on an airplane and flying to a vacation. Yes. Now they're, they're going within driving distance, but they still want to be on water or have something recreational to do. Maybe if you're in an area that's got, you know, like a lot of theme parks for kids or something like that. I think that that's what, really just bolstered it so much, but it's been absolutely crazy busy. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was saying about Hawaii. I mean, they haven't, they've reopened, but there's like a 14-day quarantine. So if you want to go to Hawaii, you have to plan on being there a minimum of two weeks. Um, anywhere drivable from me. Well, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I know, I'm but not everybody can afford that. Is I'm willing what to I'm, put myself out I there. I am too, but I don't know if I can afford to be in Hawaii for two weeks <laughs> and not leave the hotel for two weeks before I actually get to start my vacation. Whereas a VRBO, I can drive down to like Angie's property in five hours and spend, mm-hmm. you know, two nights there and then come right back home and actually have a vacation, not be stuck in a hotel for 14 days until I can start. So exactly. Interesting. I like that. I'm not surprised at all that you're super busy. Tell your friends you get your information on the sale ring podcast show. You know, we talked about this initially as it, it's, it's the, uh, what's the analogy we used? And we were doing a podcast the other day and we talked about throwing the the rock and the water and how the fish all just, they, they swim away from it, but then they gradually kind of mm-hmm. come back and, mm-hmm. You know, people are reactionary, and I think a lot of it is it's kind of that fear of the unknown. But we're 
pretty quick to drop our guard and to kind of adjust. So that initial kind of shock in the marketplace, Angie, that just shut everything down. It, it all just stopped. And then they said, all right, well, this is going to go on for a while. I'm going to figure out a way to mm-hmm. to kind of still get out of my house and to still recreate, even if it's independently. Something that would proof that up is if you look at the same effect happened in the recreational markets for equipment and for ATVs or UTVs or boats. If you went to try to buy a side-by-side or <laughs> a, a four-wheeler I or I literally a kayak spent three or, weeks looking for a kayak recently. So initially there was that stall in the market. But then everybody just flooded the market and said, well, if I'm going to be out yeah. by myself, I'm going to buy a new piece of equipment for me and my kids. And we're just yeah. going to go experience yeah. some wilderness. It was tough. There was back orders of ATVs and things for a while. So I think that's just the inherent nature in, in uh, consumers in the U.S. That's what we do. Yeah. I agree. Trina said it took her three weeks to find a kayak. You said it took me three months to find a new side-by-side. And I didn't want it just to go and play on. I mean, I needed it for my my real estate company because we wore our other one out. But it was crazy trying to find uh, a side-by-side. Just like, so one of my friends, you say that, Sean, my friend that got me into Airbnb. So talking about how busy it is. She quit her job as a traveling nurse and made really good money. She is at eight Airbnbs now. And then she started like renting out doing experiences. That's another Mm -hmm. thing with Airbnb, not just rentals, stays, but then there's also a section in there where you can do experiences. Mm -hmm. And so what she's doing is she's renting out kayaks and tubes, inner tubes, and taking people on float trips here around the area. But can you just imagine you quit your job like that and, and you're just concentrating on an Airbnb? And you just become like a float trip agent, essentially. That'd be yeah. amazing. That that would suck. Yeah, yeah. that would be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do for a living? I give guided I float me, trips. I give guided float trips and vacation every day make of my sure life. Make sure none so. of the drunks fall off the side <laughs> of the mountain. It's horrible. Don't try oh, it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Angie, as we, uh, we we start to kind of close out here in the program, is there any advice? Is there anything that you could um, maybe relay to somebody? And what I'm thinking primarily is, well, if I have a vacation rental or am getting one, how can I maximize the traffic? And obviously, we've talked about VRBO, Airbnb. What else can they do to drive traffic? So probably one of the the, the biggest things that I learned to do is, you know how when you're on social media and the, and you open up your Facebook page and probably the first thing that's going to pop up is one of your friends or family that has a lot of, that they posted something and it's getting a lot of traction. It has a lot of activity on it, you know, probably 10 to 20 comments and um, a bunch of views and so forth. That's what's going to be at the top of your Facebook feed, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever's yeah. the most busiest. Exactly. So what I've learned to do is what got me started in getting my bookings was I was posting my Airbnb link to Facebook groups, out of town Facebook groups, maybe that were two to three hours from where my Airbnb waterfront property was. And so when I do that, I was getting a lot of inquiries and bookings from it. But the more people that clicked on that link, then what's funny, what happened was that when you go into Airbnb and you look at my area about renting, I was coming up first, even though I was new. 
And typically wow. that doesn't happen. Now, I tested it with friends and family, you know, that was opposite my computer or my phone to just see if I was still coming up first and theirs too. And I was. So it's kind of like the same thing with Airbnb and as is Facebook, that they're going to put whatever is getting the most hits uh, and bookings off of it. They're going to make that one show up first. So you, um, you crack the algorithm, it sounds post. like. It sounds like you're getting all the traffic from all the Facebook groups. And that thusly right. is pushing you to the top of the, the pile and getting more uh, bookings off of that. So well, there, there it is, right. ladies and gentlemen. That's uh, the advice from the expert. Yes. Angie, that's uh, that's our time for this show. So we Angie, Christmas, I'm coming. Come to Arkansas. If I get a cancellation, <laughs> I'll call you in the meantime. Yeah, please do. <laughs> Denied. <laughs> oh, Angie, thank you so much for being on uh, yeah. being on the podcast show with us. I, I think people are going to find this extremely interesting, and we're going to put your contact information in the show notes. We'll make sure everybody knows how to get a hold of you if they're if they're interested. Also, I'm going to look up the link to your vacation properties. Mm-hmm. We'll put those in the show notes. Also, we'll get you some more clicks. There you go. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. We appreciate your time. And thanks, folks, for tuning in to this episode. And we'll see you next time inside the sale ring. This episode has ended, but your journey to greatness continues. To access all resources and links mentioned in today's show, head over to www.thesalering.com now. That's www.thesalering.com.